Um, probably not. <laughs> All right, well, good morning. We're, we're glad you're here. We're still working on technical difficulties. David did a great job putting together a presentation, and we'll see what happens. Um, but everything's also on your handout. So if you have this, you're good to go. Um, if you check this out, you can see on the front here, you know, uh, I think Kara went through this a little bit, but you just kind of see a bit about who we are. And if you want to know more about who we are, uh, commongroundcarson.com forward slash launch. And is that on here somewhere? Hopefully it is. Yeah, it is. It's right under announcements. Um, also, if you have missed any of the past, this is our fourth week meeting. If you've missed any, we now have a podcast up and going. So any of your podcasts, just search Common Ground Carson and you can get caught up. Um, because what we've been doing is, is starting at the beginning for us. Uh, you know, we need to understand a little bit about what we have going on here. We're, we're what you would call pre-launch <laughs> or, or soft launch is what they would say. Um, the North American Mission Board is going to be supporting Callie and I um, for a, a little bit, you know, a little bit of, of what we need. Um, but that hasn't even kicked in yet. That'll probably start in January. So we're still pre-launch phase. Um, and what we're doing is, you know, we've told you our goal, our, our desire is to see many people come to Christ and grow up in Christ. You know, we as a church, we're called to make disciples. But when we do that, when, when we're ready to say launch, meaning we tell people we're here, <laughs> you know, a lot of you have found out by driving by and seeing the sign or you knew somebody um, and that's great. We had a talk. We're glad you're here. We want you to be here. Uh, even if you're new to the faith, we want you here because we talked about that. What better way to learn about the church and about Jesus Christ than to get into a church right at the beginning? Um, it's kind of fun, but we're still pre-launch. And I, I want you to know that because we're wrestling with stuff like this. You know, <laughs> we don't have we don't have a lot of this stuff. We don't have a location yet. Um, and we're okay with that. You know, and we hope you're okay with that. You know, we have a heater going and, and it's kind of fun. To me, it's kind of fun because the priority isn't about the stuff. <laughs> the priority for me is you. You're the priority. And when we go to launch, meaning we want people to come in, we need people that are ready to go. We, we need people that are sold out to the mission that we would call them all in. People that are all in so when God brings those, we are ready to love them, to teach them, to train them up. Uh, they come in, they're, they're comfortable with us, um, and then they're grown up, but I can't do all that. You know, our leadership can't, team can't do all that. With the impact we want to have, we need many people ready to go. So that's what we're doing here. So that's this, this training slash sermon time that we're doing that we've done the past three weeks and we're going to continue through the rest of this year is, is groundwork stuff where we get to work on us, you know, our up. Here's, check this out, up, in and out. Those are our three big relationships. And we've been talking about up first because anything that God does of value or anything we do of value for God is simply an overflow of what God is doing in us. So this has to be good. And then in, and we're going to be getting into that in a couple weeks really, um, in is our relationship with fellow believers, and then out is our relationship with the world. But it begins up, and it begins in, second, and then it goes out. So that's what we're working on. Um, just, to, just to update you, um, we appreciate your patience, and of course, the wind picks up. But that's all right. Let me, let me pray before we get into this. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you for the wind. We thank you for the heater. We thank you for David knowing some things about some stuff on computers. Um, 
But God, it's no big deal to us that it doesn't work. It, that doesn't stress us out. Because um, we're here for you. We're here to sing glory to you. We're here to, to learn about you and what you want to do in our lives. And we just thank you that we could gather. It is such a blessing to have this freedom. It's such a blessing to have the people that are here. Um, you know, I, I said early on, that I know you're going to do stuff through us, but for me, uh, the most enjoyable part is who I'm doing it with. Um, and I love the people in this tent. Father, so thank you that we can do this together. Uh, grow us. Touch our heart because it's absolutely a fact that anything we do of value for you is simply an overflow of what you're doing in us. So God, I pray that we would uh, take down our barriers, that we would take off our masks, that we wouldn't pretend, that we would open up our spirits, our hearts to you and what you would do in us. Um, we love you. In your name, amen. amen. So we're beginning a series over the next three weeks, and it's kind of a transition from up to in, but the series is about life change. If you could see it, there was a really cool cocoon that David had, and maybe it'll pop up. You know, but... but I'm sorry. I forgot to release the fourth and fifth graders. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, fourth and fifth graders, go away. <laughs> or stay if you want. You're welcome to stay. So, if you want to go, go. If you want to stay, that's okay too. We have fun. Um, so anyway, the, the, the picture of, of a cocoon, because you know, we all know a caterpillar you know, goes into this chrysalis, I think it's called, I call it a cocoon, that's what we called it when I was a kid, and, and it turns into a butterfly, it goes through this change, this transformation. Um, and so that's what we're looking at the next three weeks. And so I begin with this question, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? One thing about you, and honestly think about that. What would you change about yourself? Oh, cool. No. Carry on. Ignore the man back here. There you go. You know, what What New Year's resolutions have you made the past few years that you just haven't kept? You know, getting in shape, uh, quitting drinking, whatever it is. What is it? Now, I want you to think your character and inward. What would you change about yourself? If you could change just one thing, what would you change? You know, for me, this is, this is very close to home, because for me, I, I'd like to be more compassionate. You know, if you've known me very long, you know that's not one of my natural strengths. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a compassionate person. I need to intentionally make the choice to say something nice before I say something hard. And, um, you know, I'm kind of a business person to get things done, transaction, rather than the relational aspect, which is weird for a pastor, I know. But, um, but I'm not naturally compassionate. And if you've ever been around somebody not naturally compassionate, they're not fun to be around sometimes. Um, and so that's something about me that, that I'd like to see changed. I want to become more compassionate, more naturally loving, less, less selfish. Um, you know, there's been times in my life where I've begged God to take away my lust. I've just begged, God, this is going to destroy me. Take it away. And I just, you know, I remember times in college just in tears going, God, God, take it, take it. I, I want to change. I want to be more like you. What about you? What is it about you you want to see changed? Now, we have a tendency, we humans don't change very well. <laughs> and we can get into a rhythm, we can get into a pattern, and we just get comfortable with it. And then we start to justify and say, that's just who I am. Well, I'm just an angry person. I just fly off the handle sometimes. Um, I'm just a stressful person. I just stress out about stuff. Um, you know, I'm just a lustful person. It's just how God made me. And we can start to just become okay with that. But 
wouldn't life be better if you didn't stress? And the Bible tells us we don't have to be anxious. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't marriages be better if we really put our, our spouse first all the time? Wouldn't that be better? Um, but yet, I, uh, I want Callie to take care of me. <laughs> um, and, and there's a, a transformation process that, that needs to take place. So turn to Colossians 1.28, if you would. Um, it's in page, on page 679 of these Bibles. If you need a Bible, um, raise your hand and Callie will hand you one. We have a bunch of these that we're using. It's uh, kind of easy. So you can look up the page number. Anybody need one? Don't be shy. We're really laid back here, okay? No big deal. Page 679. We're in Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. You'll hear cheering when you get it going, when I get it Oh, okay. <laughs> um, see, it's really important because I'm hoping that during the barbecue there will be football up here, so... Um, <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> I'm going to give away the whole point right now. Colossians 1.28. We're going to look at this and then we're going to explain it and go back. Colossians 1.28 says this. This is Paul writing. He says, Him we proclaim, and he's talking about Jesus. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. This is our goal. Maturity. This is our goal in our individual lives. This is my goal as a pastor for our church is your individual maturity. This is the goal for my kids. This is our goal. This is the goal for me. I need to become more mature. This is why we get together. This is why we learn. This is why we, we worship God. This is why God came into our life Part of it is to transform us. Maturity is the goal. Did you know that? Did you know that He wanted to change you and make you different? We started here, and, and Kara shared one of our goals, um, and one of our measures of success. Because, you, you know, how is a church successful? How is a business successful? A lot of money, right? Uh, how is a church successful? A lot of money? Eh, that doesn't seem right. A lot of people? Even that is kind of like, eh, we just want people, then we'll tell them what they want to hear. We want to measure success, and we had fun talking about this with our leaders, by stories of life change. By stories of life change. Which means, if we're not hearing those stories, we go fishing for them. And if we can't find them, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Because lives are supposed to change. And that's what we're about. And that's why we're starting here. That's why this is part of our, our training, is we're looking at life change. Um, a couple, couple years ago, now there's our point, but we're going to start back. We need to move back a little bit. A couple years ago, uh, we visited a church. Not around here, so don't try and figure out which one it is. But we visited a church. We walked in, and out front there was this big sign that said, Everyone Welcome. And right as we pulled into the parking lot, that was what caught my eye, and I loved it. I said, "That's oh, I love this. Everyone welcome. And you know, I went in, and, and I was kind of excited. This is They are broadcasting everyone welcome, because that's, that's how we want to be, too. That's how we want Common Ground to be. Everyone welcome. Because that's how Jesus was. You know, I don't know if you knew that about Jesus. He was a, a friend of sinners. Um, don't turn there, but I'm just going to read you Mark 2, 15 through 17. And it would have been up there, but it's not. But this is just, just listen. It's Jesus, and he's at a tax collector's house. Okay? The worst of sinners invites Jesus over for a party, and Jesus goes. And it says, and as he reclined at the table... In his house, the tax collector's house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes and the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, 
Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Um, do you remember Jesus' first miracle? He turned water into wine. <laughs> I would invite Jesus over to every dinner party. That's awesome. <laughs> because Jesus... We didn't have this problem last week. Um, because Jesus turned water into wine. So you can go to those churches where they say, drinking is a sin, nobody should drink. Well, they should go hang out with Jesus. Jesus was fun to be around. He was a, a, he was a partier. He hung out. He, now, he didn't get drunk. We know that. He didn't get drunk. But he, he was friends with tax collectors and sinners. He, he accepted people right where they were at. And so this is kind of where we need to begin. This church that I, I went to, I went inside and I, I found the, the minister. Just tie that rope to the tree. There you go. Um, I went in, I, I found the minister. I said, hey, do you have a statement of beliefs? He's like, yeah, I think there's something in the back of the, the songbook. <laughs> so I went and I found the songbook and I was looking and talking to him. And what I learned was uh, this church was all about accepting people right where they were at, but they weren't about anything else. They didn't take a stand on biblical truth. So they didn't lead people from where they, you know, where they came in at to anything. They just accepted everybody, which meant there was no transformation. And so that, I remember there was kind of a letdown for me. I'm like, oh, I was so excited about what this church was doing. But they were accepting people and all their sin. Now, we want to accept everybody and their sin to begin with, but we don't want sin to continue. You know, if I have a friend who's addicted to pornography... I'm going to be a good friend and help them get out of that. I'm not going to go, well, I'm understanding and just keep doing that. That's okay. I love you. You know, that's not loving for me to let him destroy his life. And so we're about transformation. Um, so come back to Colossians because the goal is to be mature. So I just tell that story to say, we want to go somewhere. Jesus was a friend of sinners. He accepted people right where they were at. Can we say the same for ourselves? So when people come in that are obviously messy, <laughs> are we going to be accepting of them or judgmental? But now, once, once we do come in, once we turn our lives over to Christ, now what? Um, back to Colossians. I'm going to start in verse 24. We get some context moving up to our key verse of 28. Paul says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filled up, what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of His body, that is, the church. Okay? So he's, talking, he's working for the sake of the church. That's not just Common Ground or Hilltop or LifePoint. That's the church, the, the global church, everybody who follows Him. He's working for the sake of the church. Verse 25, Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the Word of God fully known. Paul is a minister called to make the Word of God known. Um, you're going to learn if you stay here very long, we consider all of us to be ministers. You know, I, I'm a pastor. It's my job to bring the Word to you. But we're all ministers. We're all actually called into the ministry. If you're a student, guess what? You're in full-time ministry. You just don't get paid for it. <laughs> you, you know, um, if you're an accountant, you're in full-time ministry. You just don't make your money from a church. <laughs> we are all ministers. You know, teachers and mechanics um, and jewelry shop owners, gold, whatever you would call it. You know, we're, we're all ministers to, to somebody, to many people. And so, this applies to you. So, don't sit there and go, oh, I'm not a minister, Derek's the minister. You know, this is applicable to all of us. So, 
He goes on in verse 26. This is fun. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. Okay, he's talking about a, a mystery. And his job is to reveal that mystery, which was hidden and now has been made known. In the Bible, whenever you learn about a mystery, a mystery is something that can't be known unless God reveals it. Did you get it working? No. Alright, we give up. <laughs> What's funny is it worked earlier. And it did the same thing last week. Um, so a mystery is something that can't be known unless God reveals it. Here, there's a mystery that God has revealed, and He's revealed it, as you see in verse 26, to His saints. That's to Christians, to people who follow Jesus. Others will not ever understand this mystery. So to a certain extent, you won't even understand this mystery until you give your life to Christ, and you'll start to get it. And what is this mystery? And remember, our topic is life change. That's what we're talking about. Verse 27, he says, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. That's the mystery. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Our very first week, we looked at the fact that we're, if we've given our life to Christ, we're sons and daughters of the King. We're accepted. He doesn't want anything from you. But now we see what He wants for you. He's given you Himself. Jesus lives in us. That's the mystery. Christ in you. And if you look at this, what He was talking about um, in verse 27... He said, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. The riches of the glory. Paul often talks about riches. And he's not talking about money. But he's talking about really an abundant life. That's what Jesus said. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's what he's talking about. It's a life full of goodness. A life that's rich. This is the life that I want for myself. <laughs> Don't we all want this life? We want the best life possible. That's what comes from this mystery of Jesus in you. The hope of glory. Um, again, this comes, if you look on your handout there, up. We say that up, Jesus is the essence of transformation. So we need this relationship with God, which is Jesus in you, and then life can change. So often, people want to change their life and then come to, to Jesus, come to God. Well, I'll get myself cleaned up, and then I'll go to church. But that's not it at all. You need Jesus in you before you could ever even think about changing. So the mystery, Jesus in you. I want us to get this. Now, look at our verse for the day, Colossians 1.28. But he's talking about him as a minister. This is his job. I would say this is the job of the church. This is also our job collectively. We might have different roles in this, but look at this. Verse 28. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So we see three things that the church should be doing. Okay, three things right here. Three things that ministers should be doing that we should be doing. The first one is we proclaim Him. Him we proclaim. Jesus we proclaim. We proclaim a person. That's Jesus. And what He did. He came, He lived, He died, He rose again. That's what we proclaim. We don't proclaim a church. We don't proclaim common ground. We proclaim Jesus. We don't proclaim a religious system. You, you know, a religion. Here's what you need to do to be right with God. Every other religion says, here's the things you do. But we proclaim a person. 
a relationship. So Him we proclaim. Jesus. Get that? We need to understand that. And then we do something else. So we proclaim Him, verse 28, warning everyone. That's the next one. We proclaim Jesus and we warn. What do we warn? If there really is only one God, and we believe there is, if there really is a heaven and a hell, and we believe there is, we're warning people, don't go to hell. <laughs> don't go there. We warn that there is a penalty for sin, which is death and eternal death, separation from God. We warn. What was Jesus' first sermon? We looked at this last week, actually, in Mark 1.15. Repent. Repent. Re yeah. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus' first words were repent. When Paul would teach, he would say repent. Repent. That means to turn from your sin and turn to God. So that's what we warn. So we proclaim Jesus, but it's not just Jesus as a, a good person, a good prophet. It's Jesus as the Savior, and you need to turn and follow Him. We're called to follow. So, the church, this would be in your notes, the church should be warning sinners to repent. Now, we do this in a loving way, right? We don't need to get too far into that. We're not on a soapbox on the corner, you know, screaming hell and damnation. Um, but we're warning sinners to repent. We're showing them the better life that's possible with Christ. This is a minister's job. This is your job and mine. To warn sinners to repent. Did you know that? Jeremy, did you know that at school your job is to warn sinners to repent? Yeah. Good job. Then this week you're going to get a billboard. <laughs> and you're going to wear it around all week. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Okay? Deal? No deal. Okay. <laughs> but, but think about that. that. That's our job. That's our job. But it's Christ in us. Remember the mystery. Christ in us. Now, what else? Look at verse 28 again. We proclaim Jesus, warning everyone, and teaching everyone with all wisdom. So once somebody does repent and turn, the job's not done. We talked about this. The gospel of salvation. Oh, I just prayed a prayer and now I'm good. I'm going to heaven. I got my fire insurance. It's the gospel of the kingdom, of growing up. So now... We teach, and that's a lot of what we're going to do here. We teach with all wisdom. We learn about who God is. The more you get to know who God is, the more you understand who you are. You understand who you are as a son or a daughter of the king. Life begins to change. Life begins to change. And so, the church should be teaching people about who God is and how to live. That's in your notes. This is how lives change. Listen. This is how sinful habits go away. This is how depression departs. You know how many Americans are depressed? When you learn who God is and what He thinks about you, just the way you are, there's no room for depression. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, there's some chemical imbalance. You know, I, I understand there's some of that. But when you understand who you are and God doesn't want anything from you, that we don't do this so we earn anything with God, we're already accepted, then we're free to start to change. But see, we teach with all wisdom. What's wisdom? What's wisdom? You know, it's not Gandhi on a hill, you know, whatever. Wisdom is very simple. Knowledge applied. That's wisdom. You need to know what the Bible says. You need to know things about God. You need to know things about you. But how many people do you know, have you met in your life, that know the Bible really good, and they're just not very nice people? <laughs> they're not fun to be around. And they're quick to judge you and point things out in your life. No, wisdom is knowledge applied. So it's learning this and then putting it into practice. And what's the power in putting this into practice? It's the mystery. Jesus in you. It's not you trying hard. It's Jesus in you. And again, the goal 
is so that we may present them mature. Now I want to talk about that a little bit. If our goal is maturity, what is maturity? Um, you know, some of my, my study materials talk about this word mature. This word mature means perfect. It can be translated perfect. Or it means complete. And that's our goal. Perfection. Completeness. Uh, this is in your notes. The goal of the church and of ministers is to present people to God mature. I just wrote this. The mature individual is one who has peace and joy in life because they trust God immediately at all times. That's what we want. We want faith, trust. The, the mature person is one who quickly goes to trust and faith. They don't have a lot of stress in their life. They experience joy. Okay? This is the mature person. The mature individual truly seeks to expand God's kingdom. You know, that's our mission statement, to expand the kingdom of God in our lives and the world around us. The mature person is focused on that. So they are gazing at God and glancing at their life circumstances. That's maturity. That's maturity. The mature individual is not worrying about the things of this world. Now, who here is like, I'm not mature? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> because here's the other thing about this word maturity. It's a process. And Paul talks about it as a process. And throughout Scripture, it's a process. Maturity is a, prop a, a process. Um, Alex, what do you have there? Baby. A baby. What's that baby's name? Tucker. Tucker. Could we get Tucker to come up here and read this passage for us? He's a genius. He's a genius, so possibly. <laughs> okay. Could we get Tucker to come up here and walk across here for us? What about Judah? Could we get Judah? Oh, he could walk probably, huh? Okay, that's not fair. <laughs> but we don't take a baby and expect them to act like us adults, do we? We know they're a baby. We know they have to grow up. Does that baby have life? Absolutely that baby has life, but that baby's not mature yet. Just like someone comes to Christ, they start as a baby. And so we... We don't want to judge them immediately and go, we expect you to live to this standard here. Because they got to grow up and mature. Now look at your life. Do you... Good for you! Oh, you, okay. <laughs> now look at you. Do you accept yourself where you're at? Do you accept that, you know what? I'm not where I want to be. And you accept that. You know, a baby knows... Well, maybe they don't even know they're a baby. But they're okay with their, their, their process. Are you, or do you want to pretend like you're something you're not? If you pretend you're more mature than you are, you're stunting your own growth. Do you, do you get that? So we don't pretend. We accept where we are. We accept where others are. And that's what we're going to be here. You know, if you've got sin in your life, guess what? We're not going to cast you out for that. We're going to accept you and love you and help you. Help you with that sin. It's a process. Um, helps is one of the word studies that I, I use, and I like it. Um, but it uses the example of a pirate telescope with maturity. Okay, so you picture a pirate on a ship, and they have that telescope. And I guess you, you extend it a little bit, and you see so far. You extend it a little more. You know, and so that's maturity. You extend that a little bit. Okay, now I, see, now I can go a little further. Now I can, and, until it's you know, fully stretched out. But that's our life. That's our growth with Christ. We don't begin as a fully extended telescope working perfectly, seeing the distance. It's a process where we need to change. We need to grow. And this is in your notes. And I want us to get this. This maturity is a process. 
If you are in Christ, the end result of perfect maturity is guaranteed. Do you get that? Maturity is guaranteed. Completeness is guaranteed. It's going to happen. It's going to happen when Christ returns and we get new bodies. It's going to happen when you die and go, your maturity will be complete. And it's a process until then. Now you could go, well, if it's guaranteed and it's going to happen, then I don't have to do anything now. If you do that, you are cutting yourself off from the full life God has for you. I mean, you can do that, I guess. I would, I would have trouble believing a true Christian would be okay with that. So we want, to, we want to grow. And the quicker you start maturing, the more you're going to experience the joy, the peace, the purpose, all that comes from this life with Christ. Look at verse 29 real quick. And we're going to talk about this some more. But verse 29 says this. It says, For this I toil. Paul toils for other people's maturity. For this I toil... Struggling, okay, it's a wrestle, it's a fight. For this I toil, I struggle. My goal is my children's maturity. That's not easy. <laughs> I wrestle, it's a fight sometimes, isn't it? You know, it's a fight with a belt sometimes if it has to be. But we wrestle, we fight. So, so Paul, he toils for other people's maturity. This I struggle with all whose energy? <laughs> with all his energy. Look at that. That He powerfully works within me. We struggle for maturity with His strength because the mystery is Christ in us. So, you know, I want you to put all this together. Our goal is maturity. Our goal is to grow. We come to Christ and we can decide, okay, I want to be this, and so I'm going to try really hard to be that. Or for me, we're, we're planting a church. This is a lot of work, and I can toil and stay up at night worrying about your life. You know, worrying about, am I creative enough to present the Word to you in a way that you'll get it? Or, I could struggle with His strength that lives in me. And then I have peace. Then I have peace. And I can trust Him that He will work His strength in you. And I have peace. It's His strength. Um, this is on your notes. It's the power for life changes Jesus in you. And, and you, you need to understand that. Now, there's, there's three... We're going to get theological real quick, okay? Just give up. Uh, see, um, we need a new computer. Um, three theological terms. Okay, maybe you're, you know these, maybe you don't. The first is justification. And this is in your notes. Justification says you are right with God because of the blood of Jesus. You are justified. You are made right with God by what Jesus did. You didn't earn it. Okay? God accepted you, warts and all. All your sins and everything. He accepted you because of Jesus. Nothing you can do to earn it. Okay? That's justification. Do you believe that? Or do you think you need to put a little bit of your effort in? <laughs> the next one is glorification. And Paul already talked about that. He talked about the glory that works within you. Glorification is another theological term. And it's in your notes there. But glorification is the final state of complete maturity. That's glorification. And it's guaranteed. If you have been justified, that's God's work through Jesus, not yours, then you will be glorified. You will get a new body. You will not struggle with sin anymore or selfishness. You will... Depression? No such thing. <laughs> You'll be filled with joy and peace and excitement for life. I think there will be adventure too. I really do. Glorification. That's guaranteed. Do you get that? You don't have to do anything to get that. You're going to be glorified. Not based on what you do right now. The Bible says that when we see Jesus, we will be like Him. 
It says in Bible, you know, we're not real sure what that's going to be like. We don't know for sure, but we know that we'll be like him. And that's going to be pretty rad. Um, but in between justification and glorification, there's a, another thing, and it's this process of maturing. The word is sanctification. Okay? Sanctification is the process we go for. The word sanctification means set apart. So if you're justified, if you're saved by Jesus, if you by faith have accepted Him as Lord of your life, you're good, you're justified, and now there's a process that has begun. Um, and we call this progressive sanctification. It's also guaranteed. Again, it's guaranteed. In the end, you will be fully sanctified in your glorification. Okay, these are fun words. But right now is the pirate telescope. Right now is the process by which we give ourselves over to Jesus in us. We rely on His power in us to change us. Sanctification is life change. That's what it is. Um, and in case you didn't know, 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says this. This is the will of God. This is God's desire. This is God's will for you. Your sanctification. And that's what he's talking about. Your maturity. Your growing in Him. It's a process. Even Paul said, I haven't arrived yet. The greatest missionary to ever live, the guy who wrote most of the New Testament, said, I'm not there yet. You feel good about that? Paul would have sat here and, and I said, if you don't feel mature, raise your hand. Paul probably would have raised his hand. I'm not there yet. So we're in good company. <laughs> we're in good company. But progressive sanctification in your notes, the process by which we mature and become more and more like Jesus. Here's the big point. You're not saved and then perfect. You're saved and then you're viewed as perfect by God because you're viewed as the Son of God. You're viewed with His righteousness. You're justified. But functionally, how do we live? Did you stop sinning when you came to know Christ? I did not. I did not. I still struggle with that. And it's a process that we go through. But are we patient with others? And are we committed to the change in ourselves? Does that make sense? Are we committed to this process that we want to change? It's like, um, I, I used this illustration before, I like it. You know, throwing left-handed. You know, if you're right-handed, you know, throwing is just natural. You know, it's just something you do after the age of five years old. You just throw. But now, you break your arm or something like that, you know, and you can't throw right-handed. You have to start throwing left-handed. It's like this. <laughs> you know, have you ever done that just for fun? Played catch with a football left-handed? And you just look, you look awful. You look silly. Um, but the Christian life, when you come to, to know Christ, it's like throwing left-handed. Wait a minute. Life's not all about me? That, that's weird. <laughs> wait a minute. I'm not supposed to just naturally dwell on lustful thoughts? Oh, wait. So I have to think about other things? The Bible says, you know, sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart. Uh, sorry, I got that one wrong, but... Um, Romans 12, 1 and 2. You know, do not be um, conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's all weird. So I need to study this and believe it and do what it says? Oh, that's throwing left-handed. But the more you do it, pretty soon, you could pitch a nice ball left-handed. Well, maybe some of us could. Um, but, but I'm serious. The more you do it, the better you'll get at it. It's just like anything else. The more you trust the Bible, the more you trust Jesus in you, the better that you will get at trusting Him and letting Him change you. The power, though, is Christ in you. I want us to get that. That's our big point today, okay? The power for life change, because we all want to change, is Jesus in you. Accept others where they're at, okay? But we come alongside to grow them in maturity. 
and we are committed to this change. Um, if you want to get a tan, now let's go before tanning beds, before the spray-on stuff, before technology. If you wanted a tan, what tanned your skin? The sun. Could you tan your own skin? No. The sun tanned your skin. So how do you get a tan? You stand in the sun. Okay. If you want to become like Jesus, if you want to grow, if you want to mature, the power is not you. The power is the sun. S-O-N. So, how do you mature and grow? You stand in the sun. It would have been better with it up here. But <laughs> So to get a, stand, a, a, a tan, stand in the sun, S-U-N. To mature and grow, stand in the sun, S-O-N. That's it. That's what we do. We expose ourselves to Him in the Word, together, and He accepts us right where we're at. Do you know that? He loves you just like you are. Not some future version of you. He loves you just like this. Just like this. Warts, sins and all, He even likes you. <laughs> well, you're going to get it right at the end? <laughs> he even likes you. Look in your, in your handout here. This is what we finish. Um, second to last paragraph says, Do you believe that you can change for the better, but that you're fully loved just the way you are? And now, corporately, this is us. Let's give ourselves to this process of maturation. The power of change is Jesus in us. So let's commit to being real, not pretending. And this is, hey, I know this is going to be hard. And we as a, a church, this is going to take some time. Because you're used to going to church and people say, how are you? I'm great. <laughs> Any sin in your life? Nope. How about you? Nothing here. Woohoo! High five. Let's go home. You know, that's, that's what we are used to. That's what we want to do. It's hard to be known. It is. It's hard to be known. But let's get used to that. It doesn't mean, you know, you pour out everything <laughs> as you walk in the door. But we're going to work on building relationships. That's why we're having a barbecue today. Not so we can all confess sin to each other. <laughs> but so we can build those relationships and be the body together. Okay? So back here, let's commit to being real. Not pretending we're farther along than we are. Let's commit to accepting others just as they are and then come alongside them in their maturation process. So, to do. Again, James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving yourselves. There's always a to-do at the end. What's our to-do? It's this week. Look here. Psalm 139.23. David prayed this, and we're going to pray this this week. Individually, in your own quiet time with Him. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any hurtful way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. If you ask God to search your heart, He will reveal where you need to grow and mature. And none of us is there yet. We all have something. Some of us may feel like we have a pile. Some of us may have one or two. And guess what? Once you get through those one or two, He'll show you another one or two. <laughs> that, and that's okay. But let Him show it to you. And then commit yourself to let Jesus, He's the power in you, change you. And here's the last thing I would say. Be willing to get help. That's why we have a body. Be willing to ask for help. If you want to call me this week, call me this week. I might refer you to somebody who can help you better. If you want to send me an email, my email is on there. Uh, yeah. Right, right at the bottom. Please send prayer requests too. That's my email. So if you need help, just write me there. Say, hey, can we get together? And I'll say yes, and we'll find a time. But we want to grow, and we're committed to this. Because as you grow, and as we all grow, how exciting. God's going to do amazing things through us. And others are going to come in, 
you're going to invite them, and they're going to come in and go, what is up with this group? You do accept everybody, but everybody's growing, and then we come alongside and help them, and you're going to be doing that work. <laughs> That's why we're doing this. That's why we're doing this training, so that we are going to do this work together. Uh, let me uh, pray, and Callie's going to lead us. Callie and Brennan are going to lead us in two more songs. Um, actually, between the two songs, we're going to do the Lord's Supper. Uh, so let me pray. Father, thank you. Um, Thank you, Jesus, that you indwell us. Thank you that we can trust you no matter what. Thank you that the power is not of ourselves. Meaning we don't have to go try hard, fail, try hard, fail, try hard, fail, and then give up or pretend. But that we can go and give ourselves to you and let you work through us and in us. God, your will is our sanctification. You say it. Our job here is to grow to maturity. I just pray that you would do that work in us. Please grow us. Show us where we need to change and help us to let you change us. Father, we love you. Be glorified as we, as we close in song and as we take the Lord's Supper. In your name, amen. No, I don't. No, I don't. I do? Hold on, I better turn off this recording. You don't want to hear this up close. <laughs> <laughs>